Hey girlies, Amber here. Before we jump into the show, I have something for you. That's right. It's a gift, something for free, just to make you feel abundant and wealthy. I put together a super chic, free to download net worth tracker. It's super cute and pretty and it gets the job done. Listen, I've been tracking my net worth since 2016. And since then it's grown by 677%. It's insane. And Listen, it's not the net worth tracker that did it, but it is my attention to my big, big financial goals. And seeing it all on paper has given me the laser focus that I need to get really serious about my financial journey. Keeping track of your net worth is one of the most powerful things you can do to take control of your financial life. And I want to help you do that. So this is free to download. You can get it at oldmoneypodcast.com slash net worth all one word, drop your email. It'll get sent to you immediately. You just make a copy. It's in Google Sheets and you can plug all your numbers in to see what your net worth is today. Again, it's oldmoneypodcast.com slash net worth. If you have questions about how to use it, go back and listen to episode 35. It's called tracking your net worth. It's worth its weight in gold because that's what it really is. Oldmoneypodcast.com slash net worth and let me know what you think. Hey, rich girls, welcome back to Old Money, the podcast for women building the trust funds they wish they were born with. I'm your host, Amber Frank Husen. Thanks for being here today. It's uh, been brought to my attention that we have a lot of new rich girls in the community. I've been getting a lot of DMs from you, and I'm so happy to hear from you. Thank you for being here. I know we all want to be rich, and I think this episode is really going to cut to the chase of how we can increase our abundance fast. So today we're going to go through 11 rich girl rituals. These are things that I do. These are things that are a little woo-woo. There are things that are a little tactical, but I think if you pick and choose from the menu of items we're going to discuss today, you're going to find something that really fits the bill. But before we get into it, I just wanted to again say hello to our new listeners. And I wanted to let everyone know that because we've had so many new girls join us, Next episode, I'm going to do a question and answer session. So I'm going to answer all of your questions, whether they're about me, about the podcast, about the business I run, about money, about your finances, debt, savings, spending, earning, anything like that. Send your questions in. You can do this one of two ways. You can go to Old Money Podcast on Instagram and send me a DM. It can be anonymous. Totally fine. If you want a shout out, let me know. Or you can go to oldmoneypodcast.com and go to the contact page. And there you can leave an anonymous note. It'll go right to the email. I won't know who you are. You can put in a fake email address, all that kind of stuff. I want to remind you, this is a no judgment zone. I'm not Dave Ramsey. I'm not going to be a bitch. I want to support you in getting to your financial goals. And I understand that on the process, there's a lot of emotions and there can be a lot of big feelings. And this this is a safe space. And this is also a safe space for you to admit that you want to be disgustingly wealthy and wear nothing but jewels and a robe all day because I think that's what we all aspire to. So thank you so much for all of your submissions. And I want to answer them all. So next week, big Q&A session. Let's go. Okay. Also at the end of this episode, I'll give you a little birdie and bogey so you can know what's going on in my life, in my world. I'll clue you in into what's been going on over here at Rich Girl HQ. And I also have some hot takes on some pop culture stuff that's going on. So you're going to want to stick around to the end, but let's get into it. Today, we're talking about our rituals. And if you are in the woo-woo, yoga, like meditation zone, ritual is something that's probably comfortable. Like it's a word you know, right? You're like, oh yeah, rituals. I'm doing new moon spells and whatever. But if that's not your vibe, don't worry. I don't want to alienate you. 
this is still going to make sense to you. And these are still going to be tactical items that will actually increase your net worth by practicing them. So we have to start off with what a ritual is. A ritual is essentially a practice that you curate to make you feel a certain type of way. A lot of people associate rituals with religion, which is absolutely true. Religion uses a lot of ritual or also sometimes like magic or like spells or whatever. But the reality is a ritual is just a practice that has meaning to you to help you align with whatever it is you want to align with. While today we're talking about money and abundance rituals, you can really create a ritual around anything that's important to you. You could have a morning ritual, a work ritual, a relationship ritual, anything that you do regularly with intention, and you can program your own rituals. These, the ones we're talking about today, are some that I've designed, some that I've heard from my money mentors, some that I've picked up along the way on this road that I've been on for many years of studying money and abundance and what it all means. But I want to give you a really tactical example about why rituals are important. And it's because of work. This is where I really started to believe in the power of rituals. I have a work ritual. It's kind of a morning routine, but it's the thing that I do before I start my workday every day so that I can show up consistently for my team. So the ritual, the way that I look at it is that it is something that I need to do to be, I want to say like, calm, but really consistent, as I mentioned, because I used to work for people who were hot and cold. They'd walk into work one day, not make eye contact with you, be in the worst mood. And the next day you were like BFFs. And that was something that as an employee always freaked me out. You never know where you stand. Every time your boss drops a meeting on your calendar, you're like, oh, here, here I go. I'm about to get fired. Like You have no idea what's going on. And when I was setting out to build this company, There was a couple of things that I wanted to really make sure that I did for my team, which was number one, I didn't want anybody crying in a bathroom like I was doing all of the time when I was working in my corporate job. And number two, I wanted to be a consistent leader. And for me, that means that I'm allowed to have the emotions and frustrations or stress as a leader. And I'm okay with my team feeling stress or pressure, but I don't want them to feel fear. I think I owe it to them. And for me, it's an investment in the team that we build. Like I want them to know that I'm going to be fair and trustworthy and calm and measured no matter what the situation is. Even if something gnarly happens, if they mess up or a client's upset or whatever, I owe it to them to be consistent. So in order for me to be consistent, I have to deal with my stuff before I show up to work. And for me, I'm showing up virtually most of the time because we're remote now, but I need to clean up my side of the street so that I can have my shit resolved so that I can show up better for them. So every morning, and yes, this is like kind of a morning ritual, but the reason that I do this is specifically to show up well for work. So I have, again, you know I'm obsessed with my Google Calendar and my tasks. I have my tasks all set in my Google Calendar. It's the first thing in the day. I think I set it for like seven o'clock and it says meditation and morning ritual. And here's what's on the list. I have a menu because I don't wanna do the same routine every single day. I I need options depending on my energy level or my time or whatever I have. Journaling which I do a morning pages kind of journal. I can go into that in another episode if you want me to. I read for at least a passage. I cuddle with my dog. I need to get on all fours and get in her business and ground myself. Like she is my mother earth. I need to ground myself and knowing that we've had some time in the morning that doesn't feel rushed. 
I need to do either some foam rolling or some mobility stretches to get some blood into my my body and my head. And then I need to take my supplements. Those are my things that I need to do calmly. Oh, also matcha. I have to make my matcha. But this is my sacred time. And I notice that when I don't do these things, I'm a little bit unbalanced for the rest of the day. And a lot of you who are parents might feel the same way. It's like if you wake up in the morning and the first thing is like attending to somebody else's need, you're, you have a kid crying, somebody's hungry, you have to make a bed, you have to make a lunch, you have to get somebody bathed, whatever it is you have to do. I know it can be so hard to carve out time for these. So they don't have to be morning rituals. You can do rituals whenever they suit you, as long as they can continue to carry that energy through. So just a little bit of quiet time, five, 10 minutes is all that some of these take, honestly. So this is not meant to be another thing that you add to your to-do list. But as we go back to the whole idea of me being a leader in my team and why I'm doing this for them, it's not just for them. It's for me too, because again, it's better team retention. I have a happier team that's more productive when they know that they can trust me and that I am consistent with them. But also I just feel better throughout the day. One of the things that I want to talk about more and more are the feelings that we think we're going to have when we have the wealth. We envision that when we're wealthy, when our bank accounts are full, when we are retired, that things will be easy, that we will feel relaxed, that we will have an abundance of time and love and vacation and happiness and cocktails. We feel like we will feel complete. We will feel lovable. We will feel accepted. All of these feelings of joy, happiness, calmness, just satisfaction, the things that we are seeking to feel by having money, we can actually feel those sooner. So again, we have to go back to my most favorite acronym after R-H-O-B-H. Actually, you know what? Beverly Hills is not giving right now. Miami is it. Those are my favorite acronyms. But the other one is TFAR. Thoughts, feelings, actions, results. Your thoughts lead to the feelings that you have. The feelings that you have leads to the actions you will take and the actions that you take will lead to your results. So if we can change our thoughts at the top of that list, it's going to give us a better outcome, better result. So again, if I'm talking about being the boss for my team, how can you be the boss and show up for yourself so that you are in the right mindset regularly? These rituals are designed to help you strengthen the muscles to having a wealthier mindset all of the time. And the first thing to ask yourself is like, what does a wealthy mindset look like, right? Like, well, if you think of somebody that you might believe to be abundant in all things, whether it's your future you or some imagined person or some person that you see on Instagram that you think has it all, ask yourself critically, think about this. What do you think they're thinking about? What are they not thinking about? And then humbly checking in with what you're thinking about and what you're not thinking about. Or what are they focused on? Are they focused on entrepreneurial activities, spending really quality time with family, or are they focused on TikTok and Instagram? What are their goals? What is their temperament? What is their day-to-day presence like? Envisioning what those things might be of the wealthier version of yourself or the wealthy person you admire will help you get in line with why you're doing this ritual. So here's the thing again about a ritual. It's about programming our mind to 
you know, strengthen the muscle to know what wealthy feels like. To know what wealthy feels like means we embody that now. And when we get the wealth, we can hold it. We have capacity for it. We are familiar with it. It's like, you know, when you're familiar with a certain weight at the gym after time, you know exactly what it's going to feel like when you pick it up. And I think it's the same thing with wealth. I think once you strengthen the muscles to hold the wealth, hold the capacity in your bank account, you're not going to have that lottery winner syndrome. You know, lottery winners always, not always, I shouldn't say that, a big majority of lottery winners are, you know, reported to lose their winnings. And people say, what happened? This also happens very often with athletes who get a huge signing bonus. And then by the time they're retired from their sport, they have nothing in the bank. Being wealthy is not about what you make or what you get. It's about keeping it and maintaining it and holding on to it and holding the capacity, which means you need to, metaphorically speaking, bench press heavier all the time so that you can have more and more capacity to put up more weight, to put up more money, to hold more money. Because as you make bigger and bigger purchases in your life, whether it's real estate, vehicles, businesses, as you sell more and more things, as you negotiate for yourself, as you're selling your business or you're selling your car, your house, these rituals help program your mind into the space of abundance and wealth and opportunity so that you can feel that all the time. What rituals are not is magic spells. This is like a big thing because I see this all the time in the coaching space and the woo-woo space online and people saying, you know, this this crystal is going to manifest abundance for you. Just hold on to some rose quartz and you're going to be a more beautiful version of yourself. Is that true? Does a rock have magical healing properties? Well, there are vibrations that are in all things because all things are energy. That is true. But I really believe that all of these things that we look to, whether they're crystals or cards or angels, guardian angel figurines, whatever they might be for you, the totems in your life, they are there to be symbolic representations to remind you to tap into the intention, into the thought, into the feeling that will give you the action, that will give you the result. So the rituals are designed in the same way to remind you to focus your energy on the thoughts, the feelings, the actions, the results. So let's get into it. Already 13 minutes in, you're like, Amber, shut up. Like, Get to the rituals. I want to make money now. I want my lucky girl energy turned on. I want the faucet turned on. I want to be overflowing in money. Yes, yes, yes. So first of all, getting set up to do any ritual, I think there are four components that need to be included in anything that you do. Very simple stuff, but, and also easy to remember because you know, I love alliteration. You need set, setting, scent, and seeing. Now, set and setting are something, if you are familiar with psychedelics, that people use a lot in the psychedelic conversation of when you do, for example, like a ceremonial mushroom trip, you need to have the right set and setting. That's something that you hear in that culture a lot. What that means is the right mental state and the right environment. So for a ritual, for set, I'm talking about the intention, the mood, the expectations. How do you want to feel? What do you want to practice? So getting just clear on that, the set, the mindset. The second thing is the setting. So the physical environment, that's the place that you are in, but it's also the music that's on. It's the lighting. Are you doing this under fluorescent lights of the DMV? Because that is not an abundant vibe. Or are you doing this with sexy lighting on, some lo-fi music in the background? You've got some candles lit. It's evening. You're relaxed. You're ready to dive in and indulge. Or maybe it's in the morning sun before your kids wake up or before you go to work. Or maybe, honestly, this used to be mine. 
sitting in my car when it's warm, like the car is warm, you know, from sitting in the sun and giving yourself three to five minutes to listen to something, take some deep breaths, get intentional with the set. Your setting is warm. It's cozy. You're in your own little cocoon of your car. And here's the next two, scent. This is kind of a random one. This is my own thing. I have a wealthy scent, not like naturally in my body. I mean, I, maybe I do. Who knows? Maybe my BO smells like money. But for a wealthy scent, I actually had the opportunity to create my own signature scent at a fragrance workshop. And it's a mix of vanilla and broxen, which is like, it's a very popular ingredient that's in a whole bunch of popular perfumes, but it's like this musky, like woody, heady scent. It's so sexy. This ingredient called, I'm going to say this wrong, hedione, H-E-D-I-O-N-E. Anyway, when I was mixing what I wanted for my scent, those were the three that for me were just my signature scent. As we know, there are such strong ties to memory with scent. Like you can walk in somewhere. Like I do this all the time. I walk into bathrooms and I'm like, oh my God, this smells like my preschool. Like my preschool. It's the same cleaning products that they used at my preschool and I can remember it. Or I get this weird scent all the time that I'm like, oh, that smells like hamster cage. I don't know. Don't ask me, you guys, not sexy. But like there's a certain scent and it reminds me of this girl that I went to elementary school with that had a bunch of hamsters and I hated being at their house because it smelled like hamsters. Okay. Like weird shit. However, there are plenty of scientific studies that have been done to test memory and recall associated with scents, and there's a reported 226% better recall when you associate something with a scent so that you can remember it better. My um, English teacher in the seventh grade, Mrs. Strain, I'll never forget this. She used to give us each, and this was like such a treat. In, in English class, before we would take a test, she would give us tic-tac. And when we were studying, she would give us a tic-tac when we were like in the class. And that was the first time that I had ever practiced that of like, oh yeah, this wintergreen tic-tac reminds me of when I was studying. So when we're talking about scent and ritual, it's like, what is the scent that you can continually smell that's unique to you, that's not your everyday perfume, but it taps you back into when you do the ritual to really easily bring the feelings up again. What you're trying to do is Pavlov dog yourself here by associating a scent with the ritual that you do so that when you wear that scent again or when you smell that unique scent, that's what your money scent is, it brings you right back to those feelings. The other thing is seeing. That's the last thing on the list. And that is what I'm talking about envisioning here. Seeing yourself future casting, connecting the emotions and the feelings back to the intentions by seeing yourself embodying this wealthy vibration that you want to hold on to. Again, you can do this whenever you need a little boost. Maybe you're just spraying that scent on yourself and giving yourself one deep breath to lock in when you're reflecting on rituals you've done in the past, okay? It doesn't have to be a long to-do list. These 11 different options are like a menu to you. You can do them whenever it feels good, maybe in the morning, maybe once a month on the start of the month, maybe it's on the new moon, whatever feels good. But I will say, don't forget to do them. Go right now and program in a recurring task in your Google Calendar that pops up every once in a while. And in the little description of the task, you can put this menu in here and let's go through them now. 
Okay. So the first ritual is a money date ritual. If you've been here for a while, you know my money dates. They are monthly. What I'm doing is I'm reviewing all of my spending, all of my expenses, all my investments, all of my savings accounts. I'm looking at my net worth. By the way, your net worth tracker is available for you online for free, oldmoneypodcast.com slash net worth. And this is what I go through and do. And I honor my money. The very first episode of this podcast was Make Money Your Boyfriend, episode number one. I think it's foundational. If you haven't listened to it yet, I definitely recommend you do. It's one of our most downloaded episodes ever, and it's about creating a relationship with your money. The same way, if you want to create a relationship with a partner, with a friend, with a business associate, you need to spend time. And the more intimate and vulnerable you get with the person, the subject, the thing, the deeper your relationship will go and the stronger it will be. So if you're avoiding having time with your money at your computer, on a spreadsheet, you're never going to be able to get into a deep, like loving, luscious relationship with your money, which is what I believe is so necessary to actively grow your wealth. There's so many things that we need to do, you know, in the exterior, but this is really about going interior and cleaning up our side of the street, cleaning up our bank accounts cleaning up our financial life. The more clear you are, it's like going on Shark Tank. You know, when you go on Shark Tank and Mr. Wonderful is like, what are your numbers? What are your sales? What are your margins? And when people stutter, he's like, you're done, son. Like it's not, you just, you can't even play the game. You have to know your numbers. You have to know where you're at with your expenses, your savings, your spending every month, your income. I actually was listening to an episode of uh, Ramit Sethi's I Will Teach You To Be Rich, where he interviews couples. It's such a good podcast. It honestly is like a little dark though, because he's talking to people with heavy duty money troubles and counseling them through it. And it was this couple who had just gotten married and they were talking about how much they spent on their wedding. And she was like, we spent about $25,000. Well, no, plus or minus five. And then by the end of the conversation, she had pulled up her app where she was tracking her budget and it was closer to 45. And then the other, one of the people in the couple was telling their salary. And she's like, yeah, I make $60,000 a year. And then the partner said, uh, actually we did the math and you're really only taking home like 40 K. If you have these random roundabout numbers in your head, these ideas of what's happening for you, more than likely it's not accurate. So having a money date gives you an opportunity to get raw, real, and honest with your money. Again, set in a little reminder in your Google calendar. I have mindset. And don't make this dreadful. Make it enjoyable. Get your beautiful luxury candle out. Set it. Set an intention that this practice, this money date is taking you one step closer to living the life of your dreams. Make sure that you're comfortable. Maybe you have a hot tea, a glass of wine. You are in a good mood and you can get through the sacredness of this process by seeing yourself working towards your financial goals. Number two, this one is a little bit more woo-woo and it actually includes a bit of a spell. So the second ritual is all about cinnamon, which is viewed as a really powerful and helpful spice in the teachings of feng shui. According to the Eastern tradition, it has important qualities associated with purification, protection, and attraction. So the ritual is, and they say you're supposed to do this on the first of every month, take some ground cinnamon into your palm. You stand outside of the front door of your house and you set the intention. You're in the environment, right? Setting, set the intention. 
And you're going to say this little prayer. It goes like this. When the cinnamon blows, prosperity will come to enter. When this cinnamon blows, abundance will come to stay. When the cinnamon blows, abundance will live here. And so it is done. You can fine tune that however it makes the most sense to you. But essentially what you're doing is calling forth abundance to you and your home on a ritualistic basis. So again, this is a little bit something more magical. Is the cinnamon going to do it or is it your intentions that are going to do it? I really think it's your intentions and your attention to the process. But this is something that I see over and over again in all these like magical blogs and things that people do to call abundance to their home. But on the same vein, I wanted to switch gears a little bit into number three, which is just kind of feng shui in general for wealth for your home. So I'm obsessed with feng shui. I think it's so interesting. When I was in high school, I don't know, maybe you guys did the same thing. You'd get a magazine like 17 or whatever, and there'd be an article about how to feng shui your bedroom. And they would draw the grid of nine in a room. And then you orient the grid based on where the door is or what direction it is, northeast, southwest. And then you can tend to the different squares of the room and the grid to tend to your love and relationships or your family or your spirituality. And of course, there is a wealth corner. And traditionally speaking, the southeast corner of your home is considered the primary wealth area in feng shui. It's also associated with the wood element, which symbolizes growth and vitality. So to activate this area, to bring financial opportunities and prosperity into your life, you can do a couple of different things. First of all, you got to figure out what corner is the Southeast corner. So get your iPhone out, get that little compass app out. You've never used it before, but you're going to use it today. And you're going to figure out what the Southeast corner of your home is. I know what the Southeast corner of my home is. I'm actually looking at it right now. And we have this adorable tree that Justin brought with him when we moved in together. It's this fern. And when I tell you it was dead and dying, like dead and dying, and he has nursed it back to health and it is thriving. I see it right now. I'm looking out my window at it and it is a healthy, thriving plant that gets a lot of attention and symbolic of tending to the wealth area of the home. Justin doesn't know anything about this, but when I see him do it, I think in my head, oh my gosh, Tending to the wealth area. Look at that prosperity. Look at that symbolic representation of the abundance we have in our life. And also it's a tree. It's like a, I don't know, like a planty, like bamboo-ish kind of looking thing. So it's got some wood element to it. But other things you can do if you don't have space for a plant or a garden, because you can also do like a thriving garden to represent abundance, is that you can make sure that the space at the very least is clean clean and orderly, uncluttered, like your finances should be. Just straightforward and simple. If you don't have an opportunity to put anything there, it should at least be clean and maintained. Secondarily, of course, as we mentioned, plants, but also water. Water, especially flowing water, not stagnant water. So like a water feature, like a little, I don't know, um, fountain or something, it represents the flow of wealth and abundance. So if you have an opportunity to put a water feature there and you think about that water flowing like abundance flowing, you're going to be in really good feng shui zone. Also, you can put symbols there. Now, what Seventeen Magazine used to teach us to do was to put symbols or things on our wall. And you know, your girl was pulling things out of Vogue magazine of like where I wanted to live, what I wanted to dress like, and putting them in the different corners of my room based on like what the association was. 
you can do that now as well. But I think as we're getting into our late 20s and 30s, probably don't want to have like random ass pictures tacked up on our wall. So another thing that you can do to symbolize building wealth other than using or putting your vision board there is a wealth bowl. And a wealth bowl is a beautiful bowl that you curate the items that go within it. And they can be all different types of symbolic items. They could be stones, for example, like citrine, gemstones, things like that. You could put coins in them. You could put money, folded up money in there. You could put images in there. You can put whatever represents a flow of abundance to you and display it in your wealth corner. I'm also going to put Rosie, my mom, on blast because there was a time when I came back from college when I was younger and I was visiting my mom and I came home and things were just weird in our house. And one of the things that's weird in our house and is still there today is that because Rosie hired a feng shui expert to come into the house, we have little bowls of unpopped popcorn kernels in our bathrooms in the entire house. And this is what it says. If your wealth is draining out, place unpopped popcorn on top of a toilet tank in a bowl or under the sink. One of my favorite adjustments, this is somebody else, I'm just reading this. One of my favorite adjustments for the bathroom is placing unpopped popcorn in a bowl. With every flush, the bathroom drains the positive chi via the toilet. Unpopped popcorn is an excellent adjustment to help with the draining of wealth or positive energy or happiness via the toilet while flushing. It's a great adjustment if your money is flowing out without your control, you're spending more than you need to, or you just feel like the energy is being sucked from your house. So... That's another hot tip. You can also use rice in your abundance corner. Talk to Rosie if you need more details about it. But I think that's a very interesting one that definitely has a little bit more, I don't know, symbolic power of anything else, but you'll have to talk to a feng shui expert for that. Okay, number four, this is a pretty basic one, but it's journaling on the new moon. So a lot of people associate manifestation with a full moon, but actually you're supposed to plant the seeds of your manifestation on a new moon And then you harvest them in the corresponding full moon. So not the new moon and then two weeks later is a full moon. It actually takes about a six-month cycle for the corresponding full moon to happen to the new moon. So for example, in this month, I'm making it up. The new moon is in Aquarius. And then in six months, the full moon will be in Aquarius or whatever it might be. So essentially, doing some journaling on the new moon is a really good way to tap into getting an easy ritual in on about a monthly basis that doesn't coincide with the craziness of the first of the month. I don't know about you, but the first of the month for me is always super busy. I'm running payroll and doing invoicing and analytics and finance and accounting and all the stuff for the business. So I like new moon journaling because it kind of puts me on a different rhythm and it does keep me consistent. In my new moon journaling, all I'm talking about is my future self, are my desired feelings, my desired outcomes. And I'm just allowing myself to think really, really, really big and dream really big. I am a big walk and talker. You guys have heard me talk about this before. I love to go on a long walk and talk into my notes app or talk into my phone and say things out. I tend to flow with things while I'm walking and I'm a little bit distracted. I'm on the move. But they say that journaling things out and writing them down with your own handwriting is the best way to lock them in. So some of my favorite journaling prompts, and these are all like future happy. We're not like digging into like money stories right now. I'm talking about manifestation, abundance, bringing it in, calling it in. And so it is. Here are my top 10 favorite. Number one, what does abundance mean to me? 
Number two, what am I the most proud of this month? What am I celebrating? By the way, feel free to pause this podcast and answer these questions in your head right now as I go through these. What am I looking forward to? Number five, what makes me feel the wealthiest? Number six, my future self wants me to know, dot, dot, dot. Number seven, things I am so grateful for right now. Eight, feelings I think wealth will bring me. Nine, what is abundant in my life today? And 10, when do I feel the happiest, most joyful, most at peace, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I will put these into an Instagram post for you so you can flag it and come back to these for new moon journaling, for anytime journaling, anything like that. I find these to be really helpful to tap into. And I also like to do the same journal prompts over and over to see how things change. Okay, I'm freaking out. If you know me, you might know that I struggled with acne and rosacea for years, have hypersensitive skin, and basically break out if someone just breathes on me. And I've always struggled with makeup, like buying it, applying it, and not hating it on my skin until about a year ago when I discovered this brand that changed the game for me. I am so proud to announce that Old Money is an official affiliate of Kosas. Kosas is the makeup for skincare freaks. I like them because they're clean products adhering to the EU, Sephora, and Credo Clean standards, meaning the products are formulated without parabens, sulfates, formaldehyde, dimethicone, aluminum, fragrance, and all these other ingredients I just can't pronounce. Please don't ask. And their products are multitasking. They all include super nourishing ingredients at active levels to bring real skincare benefits, hydrating, soothing, brightening, plumping, and more. Let me tell you my 30-second morning makeup routine. It's actual perfection. First of all, start with the Revealer Concealer. I know you've seen this product. It's on TikTok every day. It's basically concealer with eye cream in it. Then I go in with the Dream Beam SPF 40. It perfects the skin and protects it. I press in the cloud setting powder under my eyes and T-zone. This is the key to literal poreless skin. Then pop the brows with Brow Pop Nano, super pigmented, and it actually stays all day. And then I top it all off with my obsession, the wet lip oil. I literally have five of these and Jellyfish and Unhooked are my two go-tos. Treat yourself or check out Kosas for the woman in your life. If you need a gift, you cannot go wrong with their sets. To support the show, please use our affiliate link to show Kosas you are inspired by the Old Money Podcast to upgrade your makeup routine. The affiliate link is here in our show notes. You can always go online to our website, oldmoneypodcast.com and click on the sponsors area. Follow the link there. And I will link it on Instagram stories. You can check out our sponsors highlight. And even better, the link that I'm linking you to, it takes you right to the Build Your Own Cosa set where you can get three full-size products for 10% off. Thank you so much for supporting the show. And thank you, Cosas, for saving my skin. Okay, ritual number five is making money real. So I'm holding in my hands in front of the microphone. Can you hear this? Can you hear this? This is $50,000 of cash. Got, let me, let me take this rubber band off. Hold on. This is, this is for you. The ASMR of the money. One, two, three, four, five. And there's hundred dollar bills. That's 10,000 right there. $50,000 sitting on my desk and it's fake. It is fake money. It says for motion picture use only, it's fake money. Actually, Justin bought it to play a prank on me and he like dropped a 50 G's on my foot and I looked at him and I was like, okay, this is something that he would have in his house. This is crazy. I said, what is that? And he's like, oh, so sorry, sorry. It is a prank. Justin's always trying to play pranks on me. Anyway, it made me think about what we hear a lot about in the money manifestation world, which is 
giving yourself a physical representation of the money that you want. Now, looking at this $50,000 right here, this is a lot of money. If I had this to go shopping with, I'd be very happy. And it's money that flows in and out of our bank accounts for the business easily every month, if not more, if not less. It's money that you know we're buying a car with. I could go buy a car with what I'm holding in my hand right now. And it's really just like not that big a deal. It's just kind of normalizing it. And what they talk about a lot in money manifestation as you're envisioning is writing yourself a check to yourself. And for me, that never really anchored in. I'm like, cool, a fake check with somebody's brand on it. And I'm going to write myself a check for a million dollars. And I think what you're supposed to do is envision yourself writing that check to yourself from your business, like when you earn the money. But I don't write checks, y'all. I'm Venmo. I'm Zelle. I'm transferring, right? But what I like about having this physical representation of money is that it really does make it tangible, like touch it and think about it. And Justin has it on his desk. He, I don't know what he's doing with it now. It's just kind of funny, but I look at it all the time because we work in the same office, me and Justin. And for me, I'm like, yes, that's the goal. That's what we're looking for. That's the cash flow. That's the thing. Whatever the amount is, you can get this online. It's not expensive, but I think it's a fun thing to have around your house to normalize the money, to normalize the wealth, to normalize holding onto it physically. Okay. I just thought of another ritual. So I said at the top of the show, and I think I'll still keep the episode title 11 rituals because 11 is a good number, but I'm giving you a bonus one right now. It's something that I've talked about before, but it's about cleaning out your wallet. So let's call this number 5.2. Okay. So cleaning out your wallet is so important and making sure that your wallet is nice and organized and also set up to receive abundance. So I make sure that my wallet doesn't have any receipts in it. It only has what I need in it. I'm talking about like my bigger wallet, not my like travel carry one. I have everything organized. I have a couple of totems in there. Like I have my grandfather's license from the seventies because it makes me feel close to him. He's passed, but I, I love him so much. I like to have that in there. I have a note from my roommate from in college. That's like the serenity prayer. I think it is, you know, accepting the things you cannot change, blah, 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 blah. I also have in there a copy of my favorite poem, The Desiderata by Max Ehrman. I think I said that right. And then also there's nothing shitty in there. No bad business cards, not other people's stuff. I have my own stuff in there. I also keep, whenever we travel, I have like leftover euros or leftover pesos. I just keep them in my wallet for next time, knowing I'm going to go back and I'll use them again. I keep a $2 bill in there. I also keep a $100 bill in there. So if I ever need cash for anything, I have a hundred bucks on hand. So cleaning out your wallet, making sure your wallet is a beautiful representation of your money is really important. So that's just a bonus little ritual that you can do is go clean out your wallet. I've also been known to iron my money. Do that carefully. If you do like over a towel, you can make your money nice and crisp again, putting your bills all in the same order, making sure everything feels orderly, clean and organized is really positive vibes for your money ritual. Okay. Back on track. Number six is just tapping into somebody else's money knowledge. This is something that I have to do all of the time because I flail, I fail, I'm struggling still, I'm learning more. And so the more I can tap into other people's mindsets and remind myself, the more that it sticks. So maybe listening to old money podcast is your money ritual. And it's a time that you spend thinking about money and your wealth and your abundance. But for me, what I'm doing is I'm reading a passage of a book. I have, hold on, let me grab them. Okay. I have Sacred Success, A Course in Financial Miracles by Barbara Stanny. I also have Psychology of Money by Morgan Housel. I'm also reading Secrets of the Millionaire Mind by T. Harv something. Hold on. I can tell you 
T. Harv Ecker. I also really like Amanda Francis's book, uh, Rich as Fuck, I think is really good. By the way, have you guys seen the drama with that in Vivian 2? Do you guys know Vivian 2? She is your rich BFF on TikTok. She is a very interesting character. I'm going to give you a hot take right now. I think she's very, she's a marketing genius, positioning genius. Um, she kind of gives me like lecturing vibes, kind of like uh, Dave Ramsey. And interestingly, there was an article that dropped in the New York Times this week about how millennials and Gen Z hate Dave Ramsey because they think he's out of touch. I don't disagree. He is talking about financial models that worked in a different time. And it's, I mean, a whole new ballgame out there. And that's why we're talking about the new rules of old money here, because the old rules don't apply anymore. Anyway, back to Vivian 2 and Amanda Francis. Really interesting stuff. Amanda Francis came out with a book, Rich as Fuck. And Vivian 2 came out with a book called Rich AF. And it's very interesting because my initials are AF. My company is AF Marketing. Amanda Francis is our as well. And so it's so interesting, this AF and this as fuck kind of analogy. And honestly, when I named my business, I didn't actually really think of it that way. It's just my initials and I scrambled for a business name really quickly. But it's so interesting because Amanda Francis's book came out years ahead of Vivian Two's, and it's in similar spaces. And yet there isn't any kind of like copyright protection. Amanda did post about it, but there's basically no recourse. I will say though, Amanda Francis has her own incredible audience. Her book has been a bestseller on Amazon for ages. I actually think it's a really good book. It's very digestible. It's very easy to read. I haven't read Vivian Two's. I have no opinion on it. But I do think it's very interesting of like knowing your space and knowing who else is speaking in your space and being aware of when things might sound too similar or is there another way? I mean, I should come out with a book that's called Rich AF. It could be my autobiography. It's my initials too. But would I do that? No, it's it's too close to something else. So you know, it's really interesting because, you know, I'm in this game too. Our company names things for a living. Like we are a branding and naming agency. We're a creative agency and we're naming stuff that sometimes has a similar name out there for a similar product. It's it's hard to do, but I thought that was a really interesting kind of online observation. As I mentioned, Amanda posted about it. Um, I don't know the conclusion or if there is one, any at all, but it did remind me that there is enough for everybody because Amanda's book is successful. Vivian's book will be successful. We all need the books. We should read more than one book. We all need the the language and we all need the the potency around the conversations with money. So there's enough room for everybody. It is just an interesting dynamic, don't you think? Anyway, let me know your thoughts on that. My point is tapping into somebody else's wealth mindset is so helpful for up-leveling your own. So on top of the ones that I just mentioned also, Tony Robbins is a huge one for me. Unshakable is, I think, the book that changed my financial life. That's one. And I'm not just reading it, reading it to get through it. I'm picking up passages here and there. I'm tapping in. I'm opening a book, opening a page, seeing what resonates for me. And then also a lot of just kind of general personal development books are really helpful for me. An easy one to get into if you haven't read anything personal development is Jen Sincero. I am a bat. You are a badass. I think it's you are a badass, not I am a badass. Um, anyway, I listened to that book on tape a couple of times. Really great stuff. Really kind of elementary ideas that are really easy to understand. Sorry, not elementary ideas, really like the ideas 
become very easy, like explain like I'm five type of vibes of like mindset, all that kind of stuff. She has a book, You Are a Badass at Making Money. I love Ramit Sethi. I will teach you to be rich. That one's a little bit more workbooky. You kind of need to go through that in sequential order. But I have these books, Arms Reach, and I pick them up and I read a few pages. And tapping into that is really helpful. The other thing you can do to tap into somebody's wealth consciousness is listen to a wealth meditation. I love superhuman meditations, Mimi Bouchard's program. She has a great one that's about lucky girl energy. I think it's so nice. Um, Amanda Francis's meditations for me, the sound quality is often very distracting. So I like things that are super clean, super calming, easy to tap into. But maybe again, that's why I've invested so much in great equipment for old money. So this can be your meditation as well. Okay. Number seven, this is back to more woo-woo ritual stuff. I think I've talked about this before, but it's called the double your money exercise. And this is the exercise where you start with, actually, I think I just talked about this like last episode. You start with any amount of money, like a thousand dollars, for example. And every day for a sequential of, I don't know, 30 days or so, you double your money on paper and you ask yourself what you would buy with that money. And you're supposed to buy it are supposed to spend on non-essential items. So for example, you start with $1,000. On day one, I have $1,000. I'm buying uh, there's a really, oh, I saw a really beautiful piece of beaded art on Jonathan Adler's website. That's what I would get. Day two, I'm doubling my money. Now I have $2,000 in my budget. I'm going to spend that on two vials of Sculptra for my cheeks and a touch-up on my lips. The next day, I have $4,000. I'm going to spend that on a new couch because we got a white couch and it's looking kind of, it's looking kind of dumpy already. It's only been three years and it's kind of like sagging. And I wanted, I wanted to start over on a couch and that's what I would buy with $4,000. Now the next day, day four, I have $8,000 on the $8,000 a day. I would buy just like a indulgent week's vacation at, uh, the Cape in Cabo that we always go to in their panoramic suite, all expenses spared, no expenses spared. That's how you say that, right? The next day I have $16,000. The next day I have $32,000 and I have $64,000 and I'm buying a BMW X4 brand new off the lot, the M package. So what you're doing every day is you're increasing your capacity for handling money and thinking creatively because what happens really quickly, you get into these odd numbers, like $132,000 you have to spend all of a sudden. And you're like, what am I buying with that amount of money? Maybe you're buying a, a week charter on a yacht. And then the next week you have $200,000 in change. And what are you buying there? And you're getting into higher and higher values of money. Again, stretching that muscle, that capacity for being able to manage it or dream with it or execute with it. So this is a really fun journaling kind of exercise that takes just a couple seconds a day. Get your partner involved in this too, because it's really interesting when I think about what I would want to get and what Justin would want to get and what we would get together. And that becomes very fun and very expansive, something you can do easily with a partner. Okay, ritual number eight. Well, actually ritual nine, because you got a bonus. Lucky you, it's your lucky day. This is the three times 33 affirmation practice. And what this practice does, it's said that if you, for three days in a row, write the same affirmation 33 times, it will come true. Is that true? I don't know, but it's worth a shot, right? So what you're trying to do here, again, you're attaching pen to paper. You're not typing this out on your iPhone. You have a pen, you have a piece of paper. Remember, you're set, you're setting, you're seeing, and you're sent. You've got all the vibes happening when you're journaling, right? You're doing the thing. You've got your intention. And what you're going to do is you're going to write down the same affirmation 33 times. It's kind of like doing 
did you ever get in trouble in uh, elementary school and you had to write like Bart Simpson on the chalkboard? I had to do that a couple of times of like, I will not call Lisa names or whatever it might be. So in this case, by the way, Lisa, there's a Lisa from my childhood. I was never calling her names. I love her and I still love her. Anyway, you're writing an affirmation that you can use for your abundance mindset. Here's a few to try on. Ooh, I'll make this another little Instagram thing for you. How about I am worthy of what I desire or I deserve wonderful things in my life. How about I am enough? Like you are smart enough, lovable enough, perfect enough. How about I am successful? I am wealthy. How about money flows to me with ease? Or I am an opportunity magnet. Or there's more than enough to go around, i.e., Amanda Francis and Vivian too, or success comes easily and naturally to me. I am successful. Anything like that. Any affirmation that speaks to you, baby girl, that's your affirmation. Three days in a row, 33 times a day, lock that idea in. What you're doing is you're programming this affirmation to be true to you in your mind. Affirmations don't happen if you just think about doing affirmations. You have to take action, look yourself in the mirror, Make confident eye contact with yourself. Smile at yourself. Love yourself. Give yourself the vibe and say things to yourself to make them become true. I love to affirmate. No, that's not a word. I love to say affirmations like while I'm driving around. I just kind of riff. I'll be talking to myself. I got my music on the background and I'm like, I am wealthy. I'm cool. I'm doing this damn thing. Look at me running a business. Look at me growing this business. Look at me scaling this business. I'm doing it. I'm worthy to do it. I am capable of doing it. Look at me having a podcast. It is happening. It is growing. My community is here. We are doing this together. I feel good about this. Everything is good. I am successful. I am wealthy. I am abundant. I don't want for anything. I will literally drive around town and I will miss my exit. So like, be careful. Make sure you have your GPS on. But I will drive around town and talk to myself. And it, and it works, you guys. It really, really works. So Ritual number eight is three by 33. Write your affirmations down. Okay, number nine. This one is really all about setting. And this is, for me, the fastest way to get into a wealthy mindset is to put myself in places where either wealthy people are or where my future self will be. Go to the places that make you feel wealthy. Caveat, here's a little asterisk for you. Here's something that I hate people saying to do. I think this is so disrespectful. Here's something you cannot do. This is an old money rule, okay? Like, please do not go do this. Do not go out into the world and fake shop for things that you cannot afford and waste a salesperson's time. I used to sell homes. I used to sell new homes. My team used to sell homes. And if somebody came in and wasted my time by faking the fact that they could afford a home and they were taking my attention away from actual business activities, I would literally throw them off the building. Like it's so disrespectful. It's dishonest. It's not good vibes. If you are going around and driving cars that you can't afford, touring homes that you can't afford and wasting somebody else's time for your selfish act of wanting to feel in the vibe, that is not the vibe, my friend. You've got to be really clear and clean about what you're doing here. And there are ways to get into the vibe of feeling wealthy without wasting anybody's time. 
you could, for example, tour an open house, like a regular open house on the weekend when people are allowed to come through and be looky-loos. You could go to model home complexes and you can let the agent know, I'm just a looky-loo. I'm not in the market, but I would love to see the interiors or whatever it might be. Be respectful. You can go to the car lot, go to the Porsche dealership. Justin and I just did this like two weeks ago. We're actually looking for a car, but my God, they could not have, nobody even looked our way. I was like, okay, we look like we can't afford a Porsche apparently. And nobody fucking bothered us. And we got in the cars and we tried them out. And you know what? We actually decided that we didn't love them that much. So you can go there. You can be respectful. You could also go to a really nice hotel. Okay. You could go to a hotel bar, have a Chardonnay, enjoy the vibes, enjoy the atmosphere. In San Diego, some of my favorite hotels to do this are the Guild Hotel, the Pendry Hotel. I love La Berge and Del Mar. There's a lot of places that are just accessible for a nice hotel bar vibe. You could go to a pool for a day. We love the pool at the Pendry in downtown San Diego. Go to a spa appointment and then lay out all day. Like enjoy the vibes. Like go be where you would want to be when you're living your best leisurely life and get into the vibe, right? Like dress the way you want to be dressed, be the way you want to be, embody that future self energy and go put yourself in the environment. In addition to these kind of general things you can just pop in and out of, If there's a special event like the opera or the ballet or the symphony, if that interests you, for me, it's all about the yacht shows. I mean, I work in yachting with some of our clients, so I love to be in that energy. Going to the parties, maybe you're going to Concourse to Elegance. There's one in La Jolla if you're local to San Diego. Food and wine festivals. What are you looking for? How are you spending your time, your discretionary time? If you want to embody a next level you, go put yourself in those experiences. Go do them now. They don't always have to be super expensive. Getting a ticket to something like a yacht show, I mean, it's 35 bucks. Maybe you can't get on every single yacht unless you're a qualified buyer, but you can look. There's a lot of yachts that will let you on, even if you just register and you're a looky-loo, or you can go, like I said, and sit in the cars. There's options there. There's not a high barrier to entry. You can get involved. Two more rituals on this list to inspire you today. Number 10 is making a gratitude list. Wah, boring. I want to see you make a gratitude list and post it on Instagram. I want you to post an Instagram post about all the things you're grateful for. You can type it out in a story. You can collect photos Um, make a little carousel post. You can make it your vision board. I really believe, and I actually posted this on my Instagram. Hold on. We're going to look at the date. June 14th, 2019, long before Old Money Podcast was even a sparkle in my eye. I've been doing this work for a very long time. And I wrote this under a picture of Lisa Vanderpump holding a swan that's painted by Laura Collins art. Absolutely stunning. And my beautiful past self wrote, hot tip, use your Instagram as your own personal vision board to manifest your visions instead of posting reminders of your pain. I'm currently manifesting my own line of rosé, puppies, overflow, massive abundance, a Ken, and my own tagline on the Real Housewives of Carlsbad. If you can't accept me at my Rena, then you don't deserve me at my LVP. By the way, Lisa Vanderpump, still my favorite housewife, the wittiest, the snarkiest, She did her job, okay? She came to eat and she ate Lisa Renna, bad vibes, dirty vibes, even though Lisa Renna and I share a birthday. So I don't know what that says about me, but LVP is the Lisa of choice for me all day, every day. Fight me on that. I will die on that hill. My point is, are you using Instagram as a place to keep up with the Joneses, 
signal to others? Are you using that to satisfy a need other than just celebrating what your life is? Remember how Instagram started? It was a photo sharing app. Now it's a marketing app. It is a way for people to sell things to you. So sell yourself the vision that you want to see for yourself. I want to see your grid look like the life that you want to live. Even if you're using some inspiration images from Pinterest or don't use them for Pinterest because it's probably not licensed properly, but you know, go to a stock photo site or repurpose some, some content. Like show me, show me how you want to live. That's what we want to be using our tools for, for ourselves, for our abundance. Also just making a gratitude list in general, whether you do it visually or on, on lists, whatever is totally fine, but it's very important because it helps you notice abundance everywhere, not just in your bank account. We are trying to program ourselves to see abundance in every day, all the things in nature and the love that we have of the time on the clock of the number of popcorn kernels that live on top of our toilets. If you're my mother or the number of popcorns that get popped from the kernels when you have it at night while you're watching love is blind. The point is seeing the abundance all the time. It strengthens the muscle for you to get wealthy vibes. Number 11, this is a really helpful practical ritual as we are also about to change seasons. March is spring and we love some spring cleaning. And ritual number 11 is all about auditing. That means cleaning out what no longer serves you because having a wealthy life means that what is around you, what is within you, it all serves you. It's exactly what you want. So that means it's time to retire the old ratty PJs. It's time to throw away the jeans. Don't throw them away. Donate them. It's time to get them out of your closet away. The jeans that don't fit anymore, the ones that are out of style. If you are you know, retiring your skinny jeans, it's okay to let them go. They can go somewhere else. You can also clean out your social media feed. You can clean out your folders on your computer screen. You can clear out the photos from your photo app. You can audit things, asking yourself, remember that lady who said, does this spark joy? It's actually a really good practice because it's helping you to curate exactly the life that you want and getting rid of things that no longer serve you. This could be as simple as getting rid of all of the mismatching Tupperware in your Tupperware cupboard. Like only have the set that matches where the lids work together. You know what I mean? When you have 15 different types of Tupperware, it's just giving chaos. And I don't think the wealthiest version of myself would be hoarding onto old butter containers just in case I need to put some rice in it. I would put it in its proper place, right? So there's a hundred areas in your home, in your car, in your closets, in your shoes, in your socks that you can get rid of things, start fresh, give yourself a good vibe of abundance. So those are 11 and a half abundance rituals, rich girl rituals, mindset tricks to get you to get into the right headspace so that your thoughts will go and influence your feelings, which will go and influence your actions, which will influence the outcome of your results. And that's what we're here to do is to feel wealthy, be wealthy, build our wealth and be really cognizant, really intentional about it all. So I hope those rituals are helpful for you. I'll put a couple of these prompts like the affirmations and the journal entries up on Instagram for you. Again, it's Old Money Podcast on Instagram and TikTok. But before we go, let's do a little quick check-in, a little birdie and bogey. If you don't play golf, it's okay. Neither do I. But just remember a birdie is a score in golf when you get one stroke under par, which is good. And a bogey is one stroke over par, which is bad. I'm just helping prime you for the country club. So you're caught up on the vocabulary and you know how to look good on the links. So in this segment, I'll let you know 
what or who got my birdie of the week and who missed the mark and who got the bogey. So my bogey of the week is something that I'm really disappointed in giving a bogey to, which is the show on FX called The Swans. It's feud, The Swans versus Truman Capote. And I've been looking forward to this for ages. I'm obsessed with Truman Capote from A Breakfast at Tiffany's era. So he was the author of The Breakfast at Tiffany's, the book, which got turned into that iconic movie with Audrey Hepburn. But he's also just an American author. And he was known for living this very societal New York lifestyle. And this show documents the falling out of him and New York high society women. Truman Capote was gay, is gay, was gay. He's dead now. Um, And he had this really close, tight-knit relationship with all of these women in New York society in the 60s and 70s. And he built such close relationships with them that they told him all of their secrets, whether it was the fact that they knew that their husband was cheating on them or they were dying of perfectionism or trying to be thin to fit into their clothes or maybe even potentially, allegedly murdered their husband on purpose slash on accident. And this show is meant to document the feud between the women in New York society and Truman Capote. Okay. And first of all, the show is visually stunning. Like talk about old money vibes, like just the wardrobe, the set. Uh, Naomi Watts is the main character and she is flawless. Like just everything of the sort. There are martinis and cigarettes galore. Every commercial is like a non-smoking commercial to remind you to not kill yourself with lung cancer. But the set, the, the beauty, the dialogue, it's great. But the thing that's missing for me is that the punchline of the show happened in the first episode. And the reason why that's a feud and what really happened in real life was that all of these secrets that the women told Truman Capote, he ended up putting into a story about them and publishing. And the way that he wrote the story, of course, he used fake character names, but the the commonalities between the story characters and the real life society characters that people knew about were so close and so parallel that it was obvious that he was writing about all of these people. So he basically betrayed all of their trust and ruined their friendship for his benefit to publish a book. At the end of his life, Truman Capote was a huge alcoholic and narcissist and really not a healthy man physically, mentally, emotionally. But the whole like story coming out in Esquire, that happens in episode one. And so for me, what this show fails to do is set the stage of how deeply the relationships were ingrained the trust that was there. They do this kind of like back and forth timeline thing where they go back in time and then they flip forward in time. But if you don't know the story, it's really confusing to know what's then and what's now type of a thing. And I just don't feel like they did a good enough job of building up to the crux. I wish they would have spent two or three episodes really delving into the details of everything. I feel like they used one example of Babe, who's the Naomi Watts' character, her husband cheating on her with the governor's wife. It just didn't go deep enough for me. And then the whole like fallout from the show is just Truman Capote being an absolute drunk and Naomi Watts dying of cancer. Spoiler alert. So I just was disappointed. It's it's still coming out. It's rolling out week by week. I'm still going to watch it. But for me, this is like the epitome of old money. We're talking about these people going on private jets to Jamaica in the 60s, like the wealth was so much less uh, dispersed then, I guess. I just feel like there was less wealthy people then. And it does such a good job of talking about the society, but I just don't feel like they talked about it enough, especially 
the hosting and the societal pressures of everything that goes on in that upper echelon of of women, of people, of couples, et cetera. So unfortunately, I have to give my bogey to the show, The Swans. My birdie of the week goes to something totally random, which is dreaming. Uh, Yeah, what? Dreaming? So yes, I have been taking a supplement recently, an injectable NAD, and it is a longevity supplement. I get it injected. Justin pokes me twice a week with NAD, and NAD is basically helping the cells in your body work more quickly. They increase the mitochondrial activity in your cells, so for healthier cell turnover, better skin, better recovery from workouts. It's just an overall kind of like anti-aging supplement that I've been taking for the last, I would say it's February, so six weeks or so. And I'm really, really loving it. And the other thing that it does is it really helps with cognitive function and it also helps with sleep. And I've been sleeping like the dead, like deep sleeping, falling asleep very quickly and then sleeping hard throughout the night. And the reason that I know I'm sleeping so hard is because I'm dreaming so, so hard. So you only dream in certain states of rest, right? Like when your brain is really in REM sleep, I think that's when you have very vivid dreaming. And when I was younger, when I was in middle school, even into high school, I kept a dream journal. I was really interested. I've always been super interested in the subconscious and programming and the way that our brains work in psychology, hence why old money exists. Like I'm obsessed with this stuff, you guys. This is not just something I'm trying on as a trend. It's like, this has been my lifelong obsession. Like, how is my brain working? What am I processing in my sleep? And so when I was doing a dream journal, I literally had, you know, those like black and white spattered looking notebooks. I had one of those. It's just like bound. It's like a Harriet the Spy journal. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? I had one next to my bed and I would write down my dreams every night. And the act of recalling the dreams as a practice actually helped me become really good at remembering my dreams and also lucid dreaming. And lucid dreaming is the process of recognizing that you're dreaming while you're dreaming. And there's a couple of different ways that that can happen, especially when something bad's about to happen in the dream. I used to wake myself up because I'd be so scared. But over time, there's practices and you can do research on this where my technique is I look at my hands and I remember like, I just think like, look at my hands because that's easier for me in a dream state to do. That's my go-to technique. And then I look at my hands and I can go, oh yeah, I'm, I'm dreaming right now. I'm going to be okay. Like nothing bad can happen to me. And that changes the outcome of the dream. So I've been dreaming super vividly because of the NAD. I've been in super deep sleeps, which has been great. My skin looks great by the way. And because I've been dreaming so vividly and remembering all my dreams, I really do feel very tapped into my intuition and I'm having a lot of fun. There's a lot of different like recurring dreams that I have. I go to the same places in my dreams. I see the same people in my dreams, whether they're real places or not, they're real like in my brain, which is so crazy. However, last week I was dreaming and I looked down at my hands and I did something different this time. I looked at the tops of my hands instead of my palms. And in my dream, I looked at my hands and I noticed my nails. And in my dream, I had tortoise shell nails like Sammy Jeffcoat. If you follow her on Instagram, Sammy Jeffcoat is a TikTok influencer. She's this super punk rock, adorable woman who lives in England. And I've seen her have these nails that like struck me. And remember, I just did my color analysis. Did I talk about that? If 
do I need to talk about that? You let me know. I just did a color analysis. And so I'm trying to incorporate more of my true color, which is a true autumn. I look at my nails in my dream and I go, oh, damn, my nails look sick. They're tortoise shell. So that inspired me to get my ass up and go to the nail salon, which is typically a task that I don't enjoy to do. And I got my tortoise shell nails. And the way that I saw these in my dream and knew they would bring me so much happiness. And I'm looking at my hands and like, I've never been happier with my nails. They're so freaking cute. They look like tortoise shell sunglasses, like acrylic sunglasses. I'm obsessed. Like they make me so happy. And it's just, they came from my brain in my dream. All of that to say, like the more I tap into what I really like and what I really want, and the closer I am to my intuition and like my truth, like the things that are true for me, just the happier I am because it manifests on my fingernails and in other ways. So that's my plug for get your nails done, take a long nap, have a good dream, maybe try a dream journal, maybe get some tortoiseshell nails. I don't know. They're making me really happy. So my bogey goes to the swans and Truman Capote. My birdie goes to my brain, my subconscious. I don't know, but mostly my tortoiseshell nails. And that's what's going on in my life and my little take on pop culture right now what you need to watch, what you need to skip. So with that, I'll let you go. Thank you for hanging around with me on the Old Money Podcast today. Remember, I'm on a mission to make us all rich. So if you have a friend that you want to be wealthy with, you need somebody to travel with. If you're going to go to Giraffe Manor in Kenya, you're going to want to share a room with a friend so you can feed giraffes together as you have tea, but you need your friend to have a better job, have more money in the bank, not be in debt so that you guys can go travel together. So send her this podcast to help her get rich as well. Do these 11 and a half rich girl rituals. Let me know which ones you love. Take a picture, tag me on Instagram, old money podcast. I'm at Amber in California. If you have questions for me about the show, anything for next week's episode or future episodes, send me a DM, go to the website, oldmoneypodcast.com. Drop me a note. I will answer every single question that comes through. I guarantee it. I absolutely promise you that you deserve it. I love you. Thank you for being here and I'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Feeling rich? I hope so. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Old Money. If you have questions you want answered, email me at oldmoneypodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on social. We are at Old Money Podcast and I am at your service. If this episode spoke to you, inspired you, helped you, if you took a single note, it would mean the world to me if you could please just take a minute to rate and review the podcast. And if you're not doing so already, subscribe. And if you have friends who like getting rich, please share this episode with them, even if it's just on your Instagram story. And I'd love you more than Jeff Bezos loves Amazon Prime. Thank you so much. And I will talk to you on the next episode. Remember, I'm not your lawyer. I'm not your tax professional and I'm not your financial advisor. The content presented in this podcast is intended to entertain, educate, inspire, and support listeners and their personal and professional development and does not constitute business, financial, or legal advice. In addition to that, this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. 